0: Welcome to our podcast, Within the Mist, a hidden place where we walk into the dark and clouded unknown. I am your antlered host, Gary, to talk to you about the likes of cryptids, ghosts, and other mysteries. My wife and co-host, Goldie Ann, joins me today. Hello, Goldie Ann.
1: You know, it always, you know, makes me wonder when you say that. You say that every single week, every single episode. But I'm always here. I don't just join you. I'm here. I'm always here. Always here. Oh, that doesn't
0: sound good.
1: <laughs> Alrighty then, carry on.
0: See, doesn't it sound more spectacular and special when I say it? It's your PSA. Okay. For the day. Well, thank you for sharing. hmm And in speaking of sharing, I have an announcement. Uh, as a reminder, Within the Mist is now providing merchandise. We have opened an Amazon store and Redbubble with original artwork on t-shirts of your favorite cryptids, ghosts, and other mysteries. So if you want to show love for your favorite cryptids and podcasts, look at the link in our show notes. We're only able to add a few items at a time, so we'll be sure to update new releases on our social media. Now with that in mind, Goldie Ann, did you hear about the Moose Comedian? The Moose Comedian? Yes. No. He was very amusing. Oh my God. And he was probably as funny as I was. Doubtful. No one
1: could be as funny as you are.
0: I am hilarious. On the other side, today's episode involves chilling animal encounters. These may be upsetting to some of our listeners. We are storytellers who have gathered information on some of our favorite mysteries to bring to you. We don't attempt to scare our listeners on purpose. Well, maybe just a little. Listener discretion is always advised. The primary source of information about today's episode comes from Hunting Old Moxie, the largely true history of the Spectre Moose of Lobster Lake, Maine, written in 2019 by Al Michaud. That's true? Everything I say is true to a degree. That's true. It's kind of on your opinion. (laughs) The Maine Department of Inland Fisheries and Wildlife estimates that there are 29,000 moose in the state of Maine. The majestic moose is the largest of all deer species, weighing up to 1,500 pounds, making them stand out amongst the other wildlife. They are easily identified by their bulky frame and large set of antlers. On average, a mature moose's antlers may span six feet or more from end to end, with a new pair being developed each year during the mating season. Males in particular have long faces and chins that droop down. There's also an additional flap of skin known as the bell hanging beneath their throat. Now Goldie Ann, Did you know the word moose is derived from the Algonquin language? I did not. Well, it translates to eater of twigs. (laughs) Okay. And that's not the only trivia I have for you. These majestic animals are incredibly fast with calves capable of outrunning a person within five days of birth. Wow. Moose also excel in aquatic environments demonstrating remarkable swimming skills and having lifespans of up to two decades. Jeez. In fact, strangely enough, one of their primary predators is the orca whale. What? It seems that moose have to cross uh, different water sources to get from place to place.
1: I thought it would be like rivers and streams.
0: We're talking about larger gulfs and stuff that they can find themselves in. And in these cases, they are very slow swimmers, and there have been cases where an orca will basically take one out.
1: Wow. I mean, I know orcas are the highest in the food chain, but still.
0: So, moose. Yeah. So, moose is on their diet plan. Most of the moose population in northern Maine forests are dark brown or black in color. However, there have been numerous sightings occurring over the past century of an enormous white moose gliding through the pines. This ethereal creature has become known as the Spectre Moose of Maine due to its ghostly hue and the strange stories associated with it. So join us as we go within the mist to talk about the Spectre Moose. But first, a word from our sponsor. Welcome back. Chapter 1. Unbelievable First Encounters It was on a chilly autumn morning in 1891, and Clarence Duffy of Old Town, Maine, was guiding and explaining the local fauna to some hunting enthusiasts around Lobster Lake, when he noticed an otherworldly figure in the distance, half hidden by the trees. As he approached, he realized with astonishment that it was an enormous white moose, seemingly oblivious to his presence. Clarence stood frozen, staring at the massive creature before him. Its snow-white fur glowed brilliantly in the morning light and its antlers were the size of small trees, more than 10 feet wide. The moose had an aura of otherworldliness that made Clarence feel like he was in something's divine presence. As he stood there, the moose slowly turned its head and looked at him with soulful brown eyes. For a moment, Clarence felt as though the moose was looking directly into his soul and he was overcome with a sense of reverence. His eyes widened in disbelief. He would have laughed, but the moose's expression was too severe. It was not glaring at him, but it ensured that he saw him. Clarence was no stranger to moose, but this animal of mysterious beauty made Clarence feel awed. Suddenly, the moose turned and trotted away, disappearing into the woods. None of the other hunters in his party had seen it. Clarence was left alone with his thoughts in the memory of the majestic creature he had just witnessed. Returning to Lobster Lake, Duffy was laughed at when he told his story, and from that day forward he became obsessed with finding the white moose again. He spent every moment in the woods, searching high and low for any sign of the elusive creature. He even began to dream of the moose, and in his dreams, he felt as though the moose was guiding him towards something special. A few months later, John Ross, a well-known lumberman from Bangor, traveled to Lobster Lake, and he too encountered the massive moose. News of this second sighting sent excitement through the small town, and suddenly, people stopped laughing and began to take notice. How big? It was stood at at least 13 feet tall and antlers 10 feet wide. That's insane. Bigger than any moose seen in Maine before. Or anywhere. I would agree with that. That's a big moose. It is. That same year, a New York hunter stumbled upon a large moose near Soudnoholt Lake. It's a tongue twister. It's a hard work. He raised his rifle and fired it off five rounds without the least apparent effect. The enormous beast bellowed with rage. The hunter looked up to see the Colossus advancing towards him, its antlers like spears. The man scrambled towards the protective enclosure of a bear cave his heart thudding in his chest. He stayed huddled inside as the moose circled outside, pawing restlessly at the ground. After what felt like an eternity, it finally sauntered away into the forest. Chapter two, the sportsman. Yes, you'll discover that a lot of people tried hunting after this giant white moose. For a long time, stories of the gigantic moose were dismissed as myths. Speculations about the existence of an abnormally large moose were primarily disregarded. But in 1892, Howard Van Ness, a sportsman from New York City, had his own chance encounter with an enormous creature, and he fired several shots at it. The incident occurred roughly 30 miles northeast of Norcross, where four individuals from New York went on a hunting expedition. When he heard branches breaking off in the undergrowth to his side, Van Ness was separated from his companions. The hunter crouched low and steadied his rifle, squinting through the thicket of trees. It was a moose, but unlike anything he had ever seen before, It stood imposingly tall, 13 feet in height, with massive muscles rippling underneath its thick, bleached white fur. Its antlers extended outwards from the sides of its heads into sharp, jagged points, and its eyes were deep and dark. Its muzzle was extended and made the beast seem regal within the forest. Vanessa's arms shaking slightly from anticipation, he lined up the sights on the chest of the majestic white bull moose. He squeezed the trigger, sent an echoing thud through the silent forest, and the moose reared up. Its head and shoulders were thrown back and its antlers pointed towards the sky. Its dark eyes now flashed red with rage and its nostrils flared with smoke. The bellow was a raw, deep noise reverberating through the forest. Its grunts were sharp and rage-filled as it charged towards Van Ness. The thundering sound of its hooves striking the dirt echoed as he scrambled for cover beneath a tangle of trees and branches. The moose stomped around the clearing, its antlers casting a long shadow on the surrounding trees. It seemed to pick up speed with each circuit of the area until it finally leaped, clearing the shrubbery shielding him and sending dirt and leaves into the air. After a few more minutes of searching, the spectre loose grunted in frustration before it turned, trudging off into the woods. Van Ness's breaths were shallow and rapid as he crouched in the undergrowth. He was afraid to move even a muscle as he scanned his surroundings for any sign of the moose, any sign of danger. He waited tense and alert hidden beneath the branches until he was convinced that the giant white moose had disappeared into the forest. Only then did Van Ness slowly stand up and brush off the bits of leaves and dirt relieved that it was now safe to leave his hiding spot.
1: I'm just thinking about Bigfoot.
0: (laughs) How did you tie in Bigfoot?
1: Oh, hiding in the underbrush while he goes by.
0: Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You never know.
0: Chapter 3. The Preserver of the Forest. As word of the great white moose spread, Hunters from near and far journeyed to Roach River region in search of the animal. In 1895, Granville Gray, a taxidermist from Bangor, glimpsed the massive pale creature far off in the distance. It stood 15 feet tall, weighing nearly 2,500 pounds, and had an immense set of formidable antlers that stretched from 10 to 12 feet across. In comparison, the taxidermist knew that the average male moose in Maine at that time weighed only eight to 900 pounds and stood only six feet tall, making this creature twice its size. A normal moose only had an antler span of approximately four to six feet. Whatever this creature was, it was the king of all moose. Mm -hmm. Granville realized that if he was going to find it, he would need a guide familiar with the terrain. So he searched for a trustworthy local guide, and only a very few would lead an expedition into the Roach River region. The place was wild and rugged, full of danger. He headed into town and began asking around for anyone who could lead him through the dense forest. However, the locals refused, saying that the Spectre Moose, which they had named the mighty beast, was not something you chase after.
1: How else are they going to catch it?
0: Um, they're not. <laughs> okay, fine. Spoiler! Spoiler alert. It was not until 1899 that Gilman Brown of West Newberry, Massachusetts got close enough to count 22 points on one side of his impressive antlers. Twice as many as most other moose, who typically bear 8 to 12 points per size. Brown fired five shots at the fearless beast before it turned its regal gaze upon him, studied him for a moment, and then stalked majestically off into the unknown, ignoring him completely. Brown was transfixed. He had been hunting game in the area for years, but never had he seen an animal so imposing and powerful as this magnificent moose. It seemed as if it was glowing faintly, though made of moonbeams. The next morning Brown set off in pursuit of the Spectre Moose. He followed its tracks through the wild and untamed territory, marveling at the beauty and the grandeur of the landscape, something he had never taken the time to notice before. Along the way he now noticed a variety of flora and fauna that indicated the presence of a healthy balance of nature. In some parts, there were dense strands of trees with overhanging limbs that served as a shelter for the smaller creatures searching for cover from the elements. In other areas, Brown observed an abundance of shrubs and grasses, providing sustenance to the grazing animals that feasted upon them. No matter where his journey took him, Brown could not help but notice signs of life everywhere he looked. He saw chipmunks scurrying across the forest floor and heard birds singing harmoniously above his head. Occasionally, he even caught glimpses of deer darting through the open clearings or bears lumbering along the nearby streams. The Spectre Moose had opened his eyes to the true beauty of nature, and he gave up hunting. Chapter four the turn of the century. In November of 1899, the mysterious sightings of a large moose in the Adrianics captured the nation's imagination. They garnered widespread attention when featured in a New York Times article. The sightings caused a flurry of excitement in the small towns and villages scattered throughout the area. Tales were now being told of a loud, bellowing roar that could be heard from miles around. Hunters claimed to chase after it, only to watch as it seemed to walk through the trees into the deeper forest where they couldn't follow, as if it was a ghost.
1: A ghost. Ghost beast. Ghost beast. Spiritual.
0: More sightings followed in the coming years. It was one reported in 1901, when a hunter from Boston, Massachusetts spotted the beast near Chairback Mountain. As reports of the bees continued, sightings started to increase. Some claimed to have seen it along the Allagash River in northern Maine, or near Moosehead Lake in central Maine. That makes sense. One would think. Others said they had spotted it on Mount Catalin, or near the Baxter State Park. It seemed the moose was now becoming here, there, and everywhere. In 1906, George Neeland was pedaling his bicycle briskly along the Sherman Macabre road when a massive white form appeared some distance ahead of him beside this pathway. George braked hard and watched as the beast lumbered out of the forest and onto the road ahead. At first, he thought the sizable white shape was a horse, possibly a stray from its farm. He stopped to look closer, squinting through the sun's haze, and saw that it wasn't a horse as he had assumed, but an enormous white moose. Noticing the boy, the creature's eyes fixed on the bicycle, and with a mighty bellow, it lowered its enormous antlers and charged forward down the pathway.
1: You told like bikes.
0: George frantically leaped from his bike and searched for safety. He scrambled up an old oak tree, making his way to a sturdy branch. He was required to make his way up at least fifteen feet into the tree to be out of the beast's reach. He watched as the moose pawed at the trunk below, alone in its frustration. The specter moose turned and lifted its head to sniff the air. Its antlers seemed to be a glow in the sunlight. It stepped closer to investigate the bicycle lying on the road, scrutinizing it with a piercing gaze. With a snort that kicked up the road's dust, it turned away and vanished into the forest shadow, satisfied that the bicycle meant it no harm. Now as a bit of trivia, moose have terrible eyesight and are almost blind but they compensate that with their hearing and sense of smell, which are very well developed. Moose are also colorblind because they have a shortage of cones. Their poor eyesight has been the source of many attacks between the animal and people. For poor George, it would appear that the specter moose had the same poor vision. Chapter five, the 1930s. Between 1932 and 1938, numerous reports of the Spectre Moose sightings surfaced in the Chesapeake region, along the west branch of the Penobscot River. Most of these sightings occurred in 1938, which was a banner year for Spectre Moose sightings. One stunning report from this time period came from a hunter named Houston. According to Houston's encounter, He saw a herd of 16 moose grazing in a clearing. Their coats were a range of different browns that stood out against the lush green foliage. Three males stood tall and vigilant in the center, watching over the grazing females. The hunter was stunned at the size of one male moose he saw standing guard. It made the other two look, quote, like pygmies, and was of a brilliant white coloration an immense rack of antlers made for a crown as the sun shone through the trees, highlighting its mysterious markings and majestic stance. He clearly saw the mighty beast almost glowing and gave the specter moose its name, and he felt a sudden awe at the beauty of this elusive creature. When Houston turned his back for a moment and then turned back around, his eyes widened in disbelief. The giant white moose, who was just there, had disappeared without sound or sign of where it had gone. Chapter 6 The Ghost. Since then, there have been other stories that are even more bizarre. One includes a group of hunters who crept through the dense foliage, their rifles held firmly in their gloved hands. Suddenly, the colossal white specter moose stepped out into the clearing near the Mononarchus stream in east central Maine, and the men all raised their rifles and aimed with perfect accuracy. Mm. Ruder still, after killing the beast, they slit its throat and hung the gigantic moose from a wide branched tree nearby overnight, so that they could skin and dress it come morning
1: know, oh, my brother-in-law loves to hunt elk.
0: Elk are another very large version of deer. I
1: know.
0: Well, in this case, as the first light of dawn crept over the mountains, the hunters awoke from camp and rubbed their bleary eyes, squinting at the empty tree where the massive moose had hung dead just hours before. Someone stop someone stole a 2,500 pound moose.
1: Yeah, they'd be eating good now.
0: Well, there was nothing left but a crimson stain where it had once been laying. The hunter spread out, guns in hand, to find out what they believed to be a wounded and dying beast. But there was no sign, not even a hoof print, to indicate where the creature had gone. It had vanished later that evening the forest rustled and shook with life as they sat around their crackling campfire suddenly the very same giant white moose appeared with a great crash and stepped into their campsite its throat still oozed blood and glinted Uh, in the flickering flames
1: what the heck i thought it would
0: like heal itself I think it might have been trying to scare the hunters. This would be a little shocking to them, I would admit. Its antlers towered higher than possible. It seemed to even block out the stars. The hunters couldn't believe their eyes as they stared in shocked disbelief. It was the same moose whose throat they had cut. Fear and confusion seeped through them as they realized that this creature wasn't done with them yet. The hunters raced to retrieve their guns and fired. The great white moose stumbled backwards and fell to the ground. Its antlers shook the ground as it crumpled to the floor and its bellowing moan cut through the freezing night air. The men held their breath and gripped their rifles tightly as they watched in fearful awe for any sign of movement from this creature. Suddenly, it stirred, seemingly untouched by the shots. It rose slowly and calmly, locking eyes with each of them. The specter moose gave a knowing look of sadness before turning away and lumbering into the dark forest.
1: (laughs) Oh my god.
0: Wisely, none of them tried to follow it.
1: Poor baby. What do
0: you mean, poor baby? He's so sad. Well, he was sad that they would hunt him. I know. Well, I think they learned their lesson because they stopped. In a different part of the region, a man named Peggins raised a rifle to his shoulder and he pulled a trigger. Gunshots echoed through the woods as the white moose that he saw stood before him. He was shocked as it remained unscathed. He quickly lowered his weapon, dropped it onto the forest floor, and sprinted back to his cabin. He could hear the moose trotting after him. From inside his home, the man peered out of a window, his breath fogging up the glass. A pale-colored moose sauntered up to the rifle and sniffed it, its nostrils flaring as it picked up the rifle with its teeth. As it aimed at a nearby tree, the man held his breath and watched in utter disbelief as the moose pulled the trigger with its tongue. (laughs) The bark splintered off into chunks, ringing like icicles as they shattered on the frozen ground. The beast seemed pleased with itself, turned, dropped the rifle, and wandered away peacefully.
1: See, if the hunter would have just waited a minute, he would have known that the moose just wanted to talk to him about their lord and savior, the spectre moose.
0: I don't think the spectre moose is Jehovah's Witness. You
1: don't know this.
0: I do not know this. There's a lot I don't know, and this would be one of them. Thank you. For years, the Spectre Moose had been a mythical figure revered in the forest folklore, believed to act as the guardian of the woods. There are also tales of its helpfulness towards people who have found themselves lost or in trouble. A man named Harry Porter and his girlfriend had been riding a horse together when it suddenly stumbled and collapsed beneath them. Stranded in the deep woods, their cries for help went unanswered. They were desperate until they heard a low, rumbling sound drawing closer. Fearful, they thought at first that it might be a bear or other aggressive animal. Instead, the immense white specter moose appeared in the clearing ahead. In the end, it took them back to safety on its broad back.
1: Hey, think of the
0: respect The locals of Franklin, Maine, had also long whispered about the ghostly apparition of the large moose. They said it would appear to foretell tragedy, and the people were convinced of its prophecy when it came true in their own beloved restaurant burned down in 2002. The owner reported seeing the majestic animal standing motionless near the entrance, and when the fire erupted, they believed that the moose's visit had been its way of warning them to leave the building.
1: I wonder if that's where Harry Potter comes from.
0: Not Harry Potter
1: himself, but his... What are they called? Uh, the spirit animals? They're,
0: what are they called? Patronus. Patronus. So yeah, uh, maybe this does have a lot of similarities to Harry Potter's uh, Patronus. Him having the deer like his father and... Snape having a doe like his mother maybe the uh, moose is an example of a Patronus I thought the doe
1: was supposed to be about Lily.
0: Well it was he took it but it was Snape's Patronus that he took after his love for Lily but you
1: just said his mother
0: oh I'm sorry about Harry Potter's mother. Okay
1: thank you. Confused me because I'm not a big Harry Potter genius so I'm like wait what (laughs)
0: in the meantime chapter 7 albino moose albino moose are a scarce genetic variant of the species though they are subject to much speculation they are in fact a part of nature in Ontario Canada there is an area known as white moose forest due to the strange large number of sightings of white moose that inhabit this area The locals consider these majestic creatures to be spirit moose in reverence for their rarity. However, albino moose can be identified by their distinctive white coat and pink eyes, while the specter moose has deep soulful brown eyes. These animals are also noteworthy for their colossal size, which is atypical for a moose. Hmm. So they're a lot bigger? The specter moose are a lot bigger. Albino moose usually do not. Oh. Mainly because their white coat makes them stand out in a forest, two predators. So, albinos in the wild usually don't last very long. Oh.
1: So, we don't know how big they get.
0: True. That is possible. Maybe one of these white moose does reach the size of a specter moose and he was just one that beat the odds. Yeah. Moose. Are often affected by a disorder caused by the infestation of winter ticks. Uh, being in the forest, they pick up these parasites, which results in the discoloration of their coat, making it pale or light gray. Furthermore, this condition also causes the moose to scratch off most of its fur, resulting in an emaciated and malnourished body. No. It's got to be very itchy. It's very sad. On the other hand, the spectre moose has never been described as anything but powerful and more prominent than any moose seen before. Definitely not malnourished or emaciated. The ability to become immortal to gunfire and knives, while also vanishing without a trace, could only be explained if the supernatural is accepted. If the spectre moose is an actual spirit of the forest utilized to protect a balance in nature. After you talk about the albino moose, I mean, as you said, it
1: might be one that beat the odds, but it doesn't explain a lot of the disappearance. But then again, that could just be fabricated stories.
0: Definitely. When you see something as rare as an albino moose in the forest, yeah, you're going to add special uh, items to it. Right. Just because there has to be something special in order for an albino moose to survive in the woods. But these stories have been going on for decades, if not centuries. And they are some of the more fascinating things that are going on in Maine.
1: Yeah. Not just Stephen King territory. Not just Stephen
0: King King. stories. Damn. There are questions about this large creature that remain today. Whether it is a giant breed of moose with a rare and anomalous color pattern. Or is it a mystical ghostly creature that has roamed this region for over a century? In either case, the Spectre Moose remains a local legend that has accumulated volumes of local lore over the years. Should you wander the forests of Maine, watch for an enormous white moose that is immune to bullets. You may discover the Spectre Moose. Cool. Now before we go, I want to remind everyone that we are on social media and would love to hear your stories and opinions about the Spectre Moose. You can reach us on our Facebook page, Within the Miss Podcast. We're also on Instagram, plus we have an email at withinthemistpodcasts at gmail.com for any of you who would like to share. We hope you enjoyed our story of the Spectre Moose and will come again for another episode. Until then, explore the shadows and remain constantly curious. Goodbye, everybody.
1: Bye, guys.